This is Closet Practice, a podcast for queers of all stripes to share their stories, whether they're in, out, or out curious. You can take the queer out of the closet, but you can't take the closet out of the queer. Maybe, though, we can help make it a little less scary. I'm your host, Documenta Barbarism, the pause that refreshes. I met with Francisco in his apartment on a day that was so ordinary it could only have been a Tuesday. He proudly pointed out that every piece of furniture was recycled or secondhand, astonishing considering how well-appointed and neatly arranged everything sat in a palette of maroon, charcoal, black, and cream. We conversed in low voices across his narrow dining room table to not arouse the landlord's suspicion upstairs. As you will hear, Francisco speaks with the soothing timbre of a man attempting to move through life as unobtrusively as possible. Sometimes, when memories threatened to grow too painful or emotion too raw, he would divert and platitudinize about the importance of self-love or family or equality. It seemed to me that Francisco used the anodyne as a sort of full-body armor against the cruel and the unbearable. The conversation was far from morbid, though, as he discussed marrying the same woman twice, finding community in two different countries, and the counterintuitive effect of major weight loss on his sex life. I want to thank him for his trust in opening his closet door. Francisco is not his real name. I born in the Dominican Republic, in Santiago, in, a, in, in the city that is in the middle of the island, where I, they call it the, the city of the 30 um, gentlemen, 30 caballeros in Spanish. But I think it's 29 because I was not a caballero. I was in the closet for several reasons. First one for love, because I, I didn't want to hurt my mom and my dad. Uh, also in my family, uh, my dad have uh, a cousin that uh, he was gay. And he was so far from the entire family. They didn't even mention the guy. Uh, he was living here in the United States and I didn't know a lot about him because they didn't talk. But they, they knew in the bottom of, of their hearts that I was different. In terms of, you know, maybe uh, the way I, I was. I was always trying to be, you know, uh, the fun, the good guy, the open guy, the guy that I understand, the good friend. Maybe the party, the, the spirit of the party sometimes, they, they always say, oh, they, this guy's so nice. But I was living a lie. And lie is so hard to maintain sometimes because you need to tell a lie over the other lie, over the other lie. So you, you end being a huge, big liar. And I was feeling so bad about it. You know, I was developing, I do remember... I do remember some aspects from my childhood. I went with a restaurant in my with my brother, and we were collecting uh, tops of the bottle. Just it was an album. It was like a Christmas album that came in the newspaper, and you need to glue all of the tops into that to create the Christmas. 
So we went inside of a restaurant with my family and we, we, I went by myself. So I do remember that uh, one of the waitress was telling me that I was looking so... And he was a sick person, but he was he began to touch me. And my brother came there and became so, much, so angry. My brother is the one that only knew that I was different. And uh, after that, I do remember that I begin to have like touches with my friends since I was like seven, eight, until like 11, 12, something like that. After I was a teenager, I, I, I did have, have not sex, full sexual encounters with people, but you know, touches. And when I was in eighth grade, uh, I was studying with my one of my schoolmates, math, because I, you know, we had to take like, a test, and his older brother found us touching each other. So I do remember that that day. That it was an afternoon. Uh, I came. I. I You know, he found us, he opened the door, he was very angry. I was under the bed and then he threw me out from the house. And then he, they bullied me in school, they hide me, they called to my house several times. Uh, I mean, calling, saying me, you faggot, a lot of things. And I suffered that too much because, you know, I didn't... But my mom was very intelligent. She changed me from school. So I don't know if she knew or not. I got married twice with the same woman. Even though that I knew that I, how I, how I was feeling, but I was so afraid of, uh, of my, not only my family, my friends, the entire society to reject me. We met in a religious group. We became boyfriend and girlfriend. We became a, a couple. I We met when I was like 18, 19. We got married when I was 23. With her, it was between 1996 when we got, got married and we got divorced first time 2000 and then like 2013. I remarried because of my son because I saw him suffering and I didn't want that. If I if I need to be, I have to be a nun, an asexual person because of my son, I'll do. <laughs> I do whatever to make my son happy. I didn't see my, even though that I was making a lot of money, I was living a good life, economically, financially, I feel miserable. Every time I, I was heading, driving home, oh my God. I was happy to see my son, but I didn't want to to live, you know, the way I was living. I was sleeping with her. I was I was sleeping or not. I think I was depressed for several years, and I think I was desgastado. I was uh, wasted in a lot of ways because of uh, you know maintain the situation and living that life. I was eating. For me, it was... Uh, right now, I'm able to manage my weight, but before, I just eat, 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 eat like crazy. So I, I can be 
fat and big and nobody's gonna look at me or he's gonna, they're gonna be saying oh he's fat but then gonna see he's he's a faggot or he's a gay because he's fat or it's just you know they they look at me in a funny way let's say like that because you know I was fat and I make great jokes sing go to places I was very happy supposed to be happy but I'm, I was not in 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 you know that was not real so the other thing in the DR there's a lot of married men that are I don't think bisexual they're gay and they just you know because their appearances they want to maintain their, their, their appearances and they want to you know tell the society that they are straight but they're not but there's a huge huge amount because oh my god cruising is not my thing I don't like it uh, because I feel very afraid even though that uh, I, I went to a places and see what it what it was and you know you get very tense and nervous and whatever and people people get addicted to that adrenaline one of my more more repetitive situation it was with a priest And I didn't know he was a priest <laughs> until I, I went to the cathedral in the DR and he was assistant that service. And I was, oh my God, I was so impacted by that. After that, we met each other, but I, I lost I lost the marble. But I we had several several encounters. And yes, and some other people were, you know, some married people. I don't know how many people, to be honest. You know, guys, they made, they look at each other and they know. I know when I, I know we said, oh, ojo de loca no se equivoca. <laughs> The eye of a queer doesn't go wrong. So it's, uh, I know when a person is gay. I know when a person is not gay. If you live in the greater New York area or have a good microphone and would like to share your story on Closet Practice, anonymously or not, message me on Twitter at DocumentaB, on Instagram at DocumentaBarbarism, online at DocumentaBarbarism.com, or by email to ButtStuff at DocumentaBarbarism.com, with only one A in barbarism. That's D-O-C-U-M-E-N-T-A-B-A-R-B-R-I-S-M. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe to House of Barbarism on your pod thingy of choice so you don't miss a single episode of Adventures in Gaby Sitting and Closet Practice every Monday and Documenta and Son every Thursday. I was in the R and we are, we were legally, uh fighting for the time of the kid and you know she was using that just to to you know he's gay he can you know be a bad influence with the kid and maybe because it's Dominican Republic you think the judge can say okay she's right he's a pervert because he's gay come on she didn't say anything Because I was paying. And not only paying for the well-being of my kid, I was paying, you know, to make also her life better.
better in an economical way, financial way, to give her more, to accommodate her more. In terms of, you know, financial stability. It's just to give money to solve the problems. She needs to work less, she needs to sacrifice less, and she needs to... It was hard for me, even to talk, to talk right now, I still feel abuse about, about it. Then a lot of things happened in my family. I lost my brother in a car accident. I wish that I had the courage but you know my my dad have heart conditions my mom was so depressed because of the, of the loss of my brother in a car accident no I think I didn't have the chance to come out of the closet so when they pass away I did it was not a matter of accepting or not because I think that they love me a lot and at the end but they will suffer a lot it's a matter of not let them suffer because the way I were I was. My son was like 13 for 13 14 14 I think when I came when I came out of the closet I felt so depressed in the moment I want just to live a different life and I think that we come out of the closet not to the society. I think we come out of the closet to the people that we love. It was around 6 p.m., 7 p.m. in the night. We were together in my bed. I said, listen, I just need to talk to you. I feel different. I feel this way, whatever. He was looking at me so serious. And because I was sick before, he didn't want to lose me. I had surgery. It was after a surgery that I decided, you know, no, I need to come out. And I told him, and I came out of the closet to him, and then I came out to the closet to my sisters. It was hard. <laughs> it was very hard. It requires a lot of courage. But I feel much better now. I feel much, much better. So, you know, I start to make new friends, to tell some people. Uh, but I was very shy to tell my old friends or my old school friends or my, you know, my family. So I decide to, to begin a new story, living by myself. I moved to the United States. And the reason because I moved to the United States is very simple. I just want to be free. I just want, I think that I have a lot of to give, my potential. I have great skills and competencies that I can give to any organization. And I was so discriminated in the art. You can be here more open and out, but not 100%. In my case, yes, I, I can have some fear in some environments because I, people can say, uh, I don't like it or, Maybe it can be discriminated. I don't know. I don't want to put myself in risk also. I, I have some friends that I don't see fear in them. <laughs> They're so open or so. And I think that's the cause of people being very flamboyant sometimes. It's because they just want to be accepted and that's all. Uh, 
and they don't want to explain. They just want, in the way that they are, they are sending a message. And that message is I'm like this. In my case specifically, <laughs> I'm not flamboyant. You know, maybe I... Maybe I react a little bit or move a little bit, but I don't show to the world that, you know, that mm -mm, I'm just conservative in a way. In DR, okay, every time that I visit or go there, it's a matter of, you know, going with the friends that I want to be, to feel free, and to the places that I want to. There's a place called Parque Duarte there, that, you know, a lot of hostler, or gay community, or queer people, or I don't know how to say, or uh, drag queens, or whatever. They go there and they feel free and they dance, they they jump, they drink beer, they celebrate, they do whatever there in the park, it's like in the colonial zone. And you know, I feel comfortable there. I do feel comfortable. I, I know that I'm gay, but I... The framework that I have, it was from a heterosexual framework. I mean, I thought that being being gay was like having an, uh, a man as your companion, your, you know, your love, your, your lover, everything. You know, it's not like that. I had to learn a lot of things about gay relationships. Having a, having a relationship with another guy is so different. Sometimes you don't know... <laughs> Sometimes it's a matter of who have the control or who doesn't have it. It's a matter of, you know, of understand the other person. But you know what I realized? I realized that it's just love between two, two humans, two persons. It's not a matter of sex. Yes, it's a different thing. I think it's sex between two men is more intense from my point of view. But I don't know if it's... It's just my point of view. <laughs> Sometimes I feel so excited, let's say like that. I really enjoy having sex with, uh, with another man. But uh, it also depends on the person because sometimes I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like to have sex with people that, that, you know, doesn't have the energy and doesn't have the creativity or are not open or... It's a matter of open yourself, but that the other person open themselves too. It's, it's two open souls that get together. And the other thing is, uh, yeah, but there was a problem. Because you cannot imagine how attractive or sexy people can see you, even though that you're big or fat. I think right now I lose weight and I feel better, you know, in a, in a, in a way I'm much healthier or whatever. But I lost a, a great public. <laughs> I think I think that a lot of people consider me a, a very in a see me in a very sensual and sexual way uh, during that time. Oh my God! I had people that I was walking into a mall and they follow me until my car and they knock on my door saying, "Excuse me." <laughs> <laughs> and it's a, you know, I we ch I just changed the market that I was focused. I used to have regrets when I was inside of a closet, but now, no. 
I, I feel very proud of myself, not proud of being gay, I'm being proud of being me. And it's a, it's, it's a huge difference of how I felt before and how I feel now. I will never do this type of things like recording <laughs> if, if I were inside of the closet. I, this is something that, you know, that it will help me a little bit, yes. But also it will help me to understand myself in the future. Because being out of the closet, it means that I have uh, the freedom to see myself in better places, in better situations of my life. Thank you for listening to Closet Practice, a House of Barbarism podcast, written, recorded, edited, and produced by Documenta Barbarism, your friendly neighborhood mountain man fairy princess. Remember, barbarism begins at home. <laughs>